highlighting all the local and national stories which impact you. Isn't it amazing that the issues we had in the 60s with people killing us, now we're killing us, and we're not saying anything about it. Had white people come through Milwaukee and started killing black people, the world would have stopped on its axis because so many people would have shown up to defend the neighborhood. But yet crime is literally out of control. And we're talking about it? It's an issue? What is your plan? What's the secret? Bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. Milwaukee, like many other major cities in the United States, has some issues that we have to work on. And that's no secret. And I've been talking about those issues over the course of my campaign for mayor. You're joking, right? Talking about it? Where's the plan? We keep talking about plans, talking about strategies. Where is the plan? What are we doing? Frank, candid, and straight to the point. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. It's decimating the black community. Yeah, because y'all don't eat right. So when you get sick because you don't eat right because you're overweight and nobody tells you because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because we live in a world now where if you hurt somebody's feelings, you might get arrested. It's ridiculous. Idiotic. If you know you're not supposed to have certain things because you have diabetes, don't eat it. Oh, but it tastes so good. Okay. Tell that to your children and your grandchildren who won't see you because you decided to eat. Doesn't make any sense to me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at Radio City. I am Jason Fields, in for Dr. Harris, who is on assignment. 1017 The Truth is proud to be local and support local. This is why we are excited to announce the launch of our Truth Gridiron Game of the Week. Yep, that's it. 1017 The Truth is now the home of high school football. Friday Night Lights officially lives here. Way to go. Tune into The Truth every Friday as we bring you the best football action across the area. The Truth Gridiron Game of the Week kicks off on Friday, August 19th at 7 p.m. and is presented by Gruber Law Offices. One call, that's all. Gruber is on point. That dude does all kinds of stuff, man. He doesn't miss. No, nah, he, and he, he's a cool dude, man. Real, real cool guy. Um, DZ, did you used to play football, sports, man? I, I used to play football, basketball, ran track. I was the first African-American quarterback at Milwaukee Luther High School. Shout out Red Knights. And so... Um, that should be interesting, man. High school football. Congratulations to the station for for getting that. Thank you to David Hart for his commentary and just uh, discussion on where politics, spirituality and our faith reside, particularly given the, you know, the, the climate that we're in, which is, again, it will be intriguing to hear uh, where candidates are coming from. It is an election year. You have Governor Tony Evers along with uh, Lieutenant Governor Candidate Assembly uh, Representative Sarah Rodriguez against CEO Tim Michaels of the Michaels Corporation. And his Lieutenant Governor Candidate will be Senator Roger Roth. Both are veterans. Um, huh. That will be intriguing. I'd be curious as to you all 
you know, what are you what are you looking for again? I want to keep asking that. And I want you all to call into the truth line at 833-212-1017. Hit the talk and text line at 833-212-1017 or download the 1017 The Truth app in the Apple Store and Google Play. So yesterday we were talking about the fixer uppers. And that was that Milwaukee was rated the number one place to come and buy fixer uppers. And immediately, you know, DZ, Kyle, all the people here at the Truth Radio Station looked at each other and said, well, that sounds good. But who's going to be buying these fixer uppers? And so yesterday after my wife listens to the show whenever I'm on, uh, shout out to my wife, who's the, the dopest woman on the planet, man. Um, she said, Jason, you got to start talking about positive stuff. And, and <laughs> you know, quit bringing all these Madison folks and talk, start talking about some positive stuff. And I said, you know, I, I, I am. I'm going to do that. But I wanted to give you all just a glimpse of some of the things that other black folks around the state are doing, because. In my role, you know, we all don't know what other folks are doing across the land. And so, you know, and plus there may be opportunities for you to meet and deal with some folks and learn and get into some of these programs. And so my idea is, you know, if if it's some good things going on or if there are people doing things in our communities uh, or across the state, we should know about it. So that said. We sort of looked at the fixer upper issue and our concern was, well, who's going to buy it? So I'm going to read this headline. Milwaukee County Axe Housing is launching an acquisition fund to combat investor landlord purchases in Milwaukee. So maybe they heard us. Maybe they were listening to Dr. Ken Harris in the afternoon with Jason Fields, the fill in host. And they said, you know, what, we better do something about this. Now, nah, I'm just playing. This article was written on August two days ago. Uh, but the great thing is this. And I'm going to read the article a little bit here for you all. Faced with an influx of outstate investors gobbling up properties, Axe Housing is launching a homeowner acquisition fund to purchase Milwaukee homes and resell them at affordable prices to city residences. City residents, not residences, city residents. The fund, which the group hopes will eventually get to 11 million, plans to purchase at least 100 homes next year and resell them to individual buyers. They they want to get 11 million dollars, raise 11 million dollars and buy those homes and resell them at affordable prices to the residents of the city of Milwaukee. The aim is to blunt the dominance in the Milwaukee housing market by large investors. Now, here's where y'all need to pay attention to this. Nearly 400 Milwaukee homes have been purchased by three out-of-state based investor companies so far this year alone. That puts them on pace to double the number of homes they purchased last year. So three major investing companies have purchased 400 Milwaukee homes, three out of state investing, 400 Milwaukee homes. Some of y'all don't even know enough people to put them in 400 homes. So think about that. If you were to get 400 houses, people into those houses, people back on the tax rolls, what would that do to your community? 
Yes, DZ. I got a question, Jay Fields. Shoot. And I'm not very politically inclined, <laughs> so please correct me Uh-oh. if I'm wrong. Uh-oh. <laughs> Doesn't this have to do with uh, what what they call him, 45, what Cheeto Head did and gave major tax breaks to these multi-million dollar corporations and funds and whatever that can come into lower income areas and try to boost that economy? Yes, it does. And, and it, 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 it does have a lot to do with that. And and I think that's where you have to be politically astute and your leadership. And remember, I said this in Madison. I said, if this kind of stuff was happening, some of the Madison again, and I'm not trying to be offensive or I'm just saying from all the elected and people I know in different areas, there's a culture with different places. They would immediately go, you know what? We not going to just let y'all come in here and buy all these places up because we got people here. I mean, 400 homes, man, from from three companies or three groups of investors, 400 homes. And so, you know, yes, DZ, here's the downside or here's the flip side, because I don't want to necessarily just come because this is a good thing. This is a good thing from Axe Housing saying, you know what? In Milwaukee, you are doing a great thing. This is fabulous that you're saying or you have an organization saying, no, we're not just going to let everybody come in here, buy homes. You don't live here. You're not helping contribute to the economy. You're not helping contribute to society. And we the wealthy people don't live here. So no, our kids not going to school here. So no, we're not going to donate dollars, philanthropic dollars to get a write off to do good stuff here in the city. So no, you get none of that. This is investment. This is business. Hey, look, personally, as a business person, I don't knock that. However, as a person who lives here, eh, we got to monitor that. And we got to be careful. And so I'm going to talk about, you know, this more and the kinds of things that this does after we come back from the break. So we're going to have that conversation on the other side. This is the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017. The truth will be right back. You are listening to the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017. The truth, the truth app and 1017. truthcom Welcome back. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at Radio City. I am Jason Fields, your fill-in host, filling in for the great Dr. Ken Harris, who is on assignment. And we are discussing Axe Housing Fund to curb the investor-landlord inequities in the city of Milwaukee. Axe said it plans to sell single family and duplexes priced between $90,000 and $140,000 with some move-in ready and other rehabs. Axe home purchasing team will be led by Dorothy York, the nonprofit's vice president of real estate who has a background in real estate brokerage. Program participants will likely mirror the demographics of Axe participants. Those demographics... 90% of those participants have to be low to moderate incomes, 80% are black or indigenous and from other communities of color, graduates of any home buyer education program. Those who participate will be expected to remain in their home for a minimum of five years. So far, so good. That 
that that works. That's that's not a bad plan. The nonprofit has already raised three million towards its eleven million dollar goal through multiple grants, including one million dollars from the Zilber Family Foundation. The group said it's submitting requests to the city and county for additional funds, including money earmarked to the American Rescue Plan Act for affordable housing. The goal is to generate an even split of public and private funds. Huh. That is admirable, is great. Around $10 million will go toward home purchases and rehabs. The remainder will be spent on paying the team and other operating costs. Um, that, that, that's fair because they, they have to run the program. So um, the question, though, and before you get, we get to you, Miss Sandra, would be given some of the financial straits, in the city of Milwaukee, where will that money come from? Um, I'll tell y'all how I would do it if it were me um, in an election year. I'm just somebody listening to the stuff I'm saying. And what, y'all mock my words. They're going to they gonna do this strategy. So when you see it, you just be like, yeah, they did exactly what Jason said they was going to do. Um, you have most of, t- most of the times when you want stuff like this done, you should probably do it in an election year because people are looking to get votes. We know that. There's a boatload of money that came from the federal government. You just had another boatload. And you you all listen. There are times where even I'm like, where they find all this money from? And I was in politics <laughs> and I looked at the numbers. So there was times where I was like, OK, where does twenty five million dollars come from? Um, because y'all told me we didn't have it. So you, look, I'm with y'all because I've, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. And so given the financial straits of the city. I know there was an article that just came out with the whole hoopla and controversy around Office of Violence Prevention. I know it's $16 million there. Um, I would probably either go to the governor and say, listen, there is $11 million that we need, maybe 10 or five, what have you. And maybe we put some money aside to invest in these homes. Maybe we add some caveats to these same caveats to get people not only just into the homes, ladies and gentlemen, because quite honestly, that's the fr- that's the front part. That's that stuff tends to be the easy part. The hard part is getting people to sustain it. And so, you know, I'm not saying you should make a move on the Office of Violence Prevention money. I'm just saying you have some dollars out there that are not utilized, where if you're really talking about home ownership, which is, by the way, one of the quickest and fastest ways to potentially build wealth by having some assets. Now you're talking about building communities and moving the needle forward. Right. Now you're talking about that. Now, if y'all could couple that with getting your school system. You know, quite honestly, y'all just need a whole bunch of new people in that that, that system. And I ain't saying no names. I'm just saying you, you, you do need some new folk. Um, because what attracts what builds good neighborhoods you are are schools. It's not the other way around. Good neighborhoods don't attract good schools. Good schools attract good neighborhoods. So you get these houses. You start working on your education system. Now you starting to move the needle. DZ and I were just talking about the issue with flights. If it were me, again, if it were me, I'd be looking as a school system to 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 open the door and say, how do I get my kids to start taking classes to become a pilot? 
Mm. Why shouldn't we start looking at that now? One of the problems that we face, everybody, is that you don't have enough innovative people listening to enough stuff so they can only deal with the stuff they know. I said before, just yesterday, if you're on the first floor, you're only looking at the first floor view. But we living in a building that has 78 floors. So in order for you to see more so you can do more and learn more, you got to go higher. Pilots, we need pilots. Why don't we have people trying to figure out, well, how do we get our kids into that industry to become pilots? We know it's a shortage. We know it's some fun. We know they got money. I'm just saying, Miss Sandra, what do you got for me? Hello. Hi, Jason and hey. Gigi. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I wanted to say now, like, um, now I'm an older person, and I've been in my house for years. And uh, um, when I bought it, um, you know, the area was still pretty good. I live right there on, like, 27th between, um, I'll say Burley and, um, what's the next straight up? Um, I'm trying to think of street something. But near the, um, the old Ale Smith plant. And so th there were lots of houses, but when the houses started going down, uh, I think a lot of landlords didn't want to put money in, so they started kind of like something happened at the houses caught on fire. And uh, so they started moving out. But then the city, the lots were empty. The city had to uh, gut down the houses. Some of them they gut down, a lot of them they let stay up. And these houses have been up here for years. I mean, like something like, to me, like 40 years. They didn't just get up here, these uh, beat-up houses, because I remember when Norquist was in office, I had to call him to get some torn down. But uh, what I want to say now, like, I, uh, by me being in my house as long as I have, they offered me, uh, because the house, it was it was the house next door to me, but it, you know, it had got, gotten demolished, caught on fire, and they sold me the land. At the time they sold me the land, they sold it for a dollar. They made me. They gave me the, the option of purchasing the land, and then plus twelve dollar registration. So back then they were doing, it, but they told me I could not build on the land. That's what they told me. Now with the other uh, vacant houses, they said if you had five thousand dollars, you could buy a dollar house. So they were selling the houses for a dollar, but you just had to have five thousand in the bank. I guess to start rehabbing them. So it seemed like to me like uh, they had something going. Now when I heard them speak, they said now these big business guys, wherever they are coming in, and they, they changed the rules to you have to buy three at a time. Hmm. And back then it was one at a time. You know, you could buy, like I said, the money in the bank and, and you could get the house and rehab it. So it was a lot lenient there. And so I'm thinking, I'm thinking because I think this is going to be like a positive area eventually because you got the lake and these people need water because they just piped out some water to walk the show. So these people are going to need water, you know, and stuff for all of this. So I think we got a good promising land over here. But I, when you said $90,000, I said, oh, that should have jumped up from the dollar and the $12 registration fee. Yeah, I mean, part of that, and thank you, Miss Sandra. Um, the, okay. The, you know, I think a lot of that, because of the way the economy is, you know, between when you start factoring in inflation, when you start factoring in costs um, and the movement of these things, unfortunately, the prices will go up when you start looking at some of this stuff just because everything else is going up. I'm not saying it's necessarily fair because I, I think there was some ways that they could have done some of this stuff. Um, particularly when you compare a lot of these, the, the big three organizations that are buying these 400 homes 
um, mm-hmm. you know, they already have a lot of cash. And because they have exactly. so much cash, mm-hmm. they can get these things at discounted prices. I mean, they can turn around and buy these houses at $90,000 for 35000 because they mm-hmm. already have liquid. And so I think a lot of it has to do with where do the people come in at and with your city and with whoever runs Axe Housing, who's going to the cons- consistently develop this program to make it fair because again mm-hmm. $90,000 in today's market that's not a lot of money but mm-hmm. if you're looking at people who don't have $90,000 that's a whole lot of money so it'll, it it, it yeah. really it, they really have to work on okay what's the what's the devil is always in the details right and that's that's it, yep. you hear me talking about that a lot it's always in the details mm-hmm. this this stuff on the surface sounds great but how do you get it done? Uh-huh. That's where the uh-huh. rubber needs to hit the road. Yeah. And let me say one more thing before I hang out. Um, now, they did have the building inspector coming out, and they would not let each little inch of something. They would have you fix it. And then when you got your white flight, when they started moving out, because they all put signs up, we're not moving to suburbia. Then when you got your white flight, no more building inspector. You, you rarely see them unless your grass is growing too tall. Hmm. You know, that, it's funny you okay. say that. It, th- thank you, Miss Sandra, for calling in and giving that that, okay. that contribution. It's 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 ironic okay. you mentioned that there was an article, uh, and I haven't talked about it yet, but it says that some people were suing the city uh, for, you know, exactly sort of what you touched on, Miss Sandra, and that's keeping poor people and people in poverty in what they call a containment zone, and. Meaning, you know, you it's, it's, it's in a newspaper article somewhere. I think it's in Journal Sentinel. And it was talking about how these individuals uh, sued the city because they felt as if the city was keeping poor people in these containment zones. Meaning, you know, the inspectors come out. You got to do all this stuff. You got to spend money. And, you know, if you don't have the money, where are you going to go? You can't sell your house. And so now you can't leave. And so all these tactics, I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying this is what some people are saying. And so I think when you start looking at these things, it goes back to my uh, initial conversation. The devil is always in the details, everybody. And part of that you know, as a political or former political individual, one of the things that I've always tried to do is you got to have people who know their stuff from the table, meaning in every in any situation or any solution, you got to have fair representation. You need a Miss Sandra at the room. You need a DZ in the room because they are the people and they have certain views that you may miss. And so a lot of times we don't get to these solutions because we haven't took the time out to bring the right people to the table. More on this conversation on the other side. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris, the new one on one seven. The Truth. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on one oh one seven. The Truth, the Truth app and one oh one seven. The Truth dot com. Welcome back. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at Radio City. I am Jason Fields, filling in for my dear friend, the great Dr. Ken Harris, who is on assignment. Make sure you call into the truth line at 833-212-1017. Hit the talk and text line 833-212-1017 or listen to us live from the Truth app 
at 101.7thetruth.com. We are discussing a sort of continuation of the fixer-uppers, uh, the, the, that the fact that Milwaukee is number one for being the best place to buy a fixer-upper. And on the flip side of that, we, we learned that there is Axe Housing, an organization looking to create an $11 million fund to curb landlords, outstate landlords, from just coming in and buying all the property. And that's a good idea. So kudos to Milwaukee for getting behind that because that is a great idea to have some kind of fund that you can, you know, help people of color, black folks, disabled individuals become homeowners in their neighborhoods. And so this fund would be specifically targeted to residents to buy and live in homes. You'd have to stay in the house for five years. Great plan. And I was talking to Miss Sandra and wanted to I saw her article uh, and ironically, a lot of this stuff come, came out around the same day. And here it is. And I want you to pay attention because there's two sides of this. So in a complaint filed under seal in February and unsealed in recent days, property owner. And this is in JS online. So we ain't got to worry about me getting sued. James Dieter and Karen Schwanke argued the city has created containment zones on the near west side and other areas of the city where people of color, people with disabilities and those with low incomes are purposely concentrated in poor living conditions. That has been done by consolidating rooming houses within those areas, the complaint states. Within the containment zones, building codes and zoning ordinances are not enforced. Blight and slums are the norm and crime is permitted. Law enforcement simply contains the crime rather than stops the crime, the complaint states. They accuse the city and Milwaukee County of violating federal anti-discrimination laws, in addition to state and local housing, safe housing laws, while claiming to be in compliance in order to receive federal funds. Now, two sides of the story on the surface that sounds like hey they got a point but then the question is on the flip side well okay who's going to come in and buy all these places and so shout out to alderman bob bauman who who he's in this article he said you know this is a personal beef with these folks um and the buzz phrase containment zone it sounds and he says this in the article it sounds menacing and he raises the point so basically what y'all want to do on a dl is kick poor people out so wealthy folks can come and move in so you know it, it is we we have we this is where leadership comes into play you all because you know i'm not both sides to a certain degree you know, are they wrong? I mean, some of y'all know folks who live in these areas. The Some of the ordinances are not enforced. Some of the crime is just allowed to continue to happen. So from that point, yeah, that's, you know, maybe that is a containment zone. If you're not doing anything to help or empower those people to get out of that situation, or at least you're not working on how do we empower that area to be a better area, but on the flip side of that coin, well, who has the money to come and buy all these places? Miss Sal just mentioned, I want to say maybe gentrification. And so you all call into the truth line at 833-212-1017. Uh, here's 
again, and I'm going to start saying this a lot, DZ, what I would do. <laughs> I think I'm, for next time I run for office, I'm, I'm, I'm a, let's keep all these shows in a file. <laughs> so I, I think there's a way you can handle that. And part is a, it's a couple of strategies. Number one, you have to find a way to empower and help those individuals in that neighborhood and community level up. Right. You, you got to find a way to do that. Now, you don't get to have it both ways, which means you're going to have to get rid of the people who don't want to level up. I'm sick and tired of us trying to feel like we can save everybody. I ain't in the business of saving everybody. I'm in the business of helping the people who want to get helped. So don't y'all keep calling in here with this. Well, we got to just help everybody. No, we don't. No, we don't. Some people don't want to do the stuff they need to do to be better. I know that sounds hard and crucial to some of you, but y'all better look around. Some of these folks is doing stuff because they evil. Point blank. So let's get that out the way. Now we need to focus on them people who really do want better. I'm not saying people don't have struggles. I'm saying if DZ is here and another person in the studio is here and they both come to me and say, Jay, we want you to teach us how to invest in the stocks. And I say, okay, I want you to start putting away $5 every two weeks. And DZ start putting away his $5. And then the other person keeps saying, nah, man, I just had to get my coffee. And we and they keep doing that. Yo, I'm not going to keep spending my time with that person. Not because that person doesn't want help, but that person ain't committed. And so I say all that to say, look, we got to have some come to Jesus. Everybody ain't trying to be saved. So if that's the case, I'm going to hit y'all with my Dr. Spock. You know, one to save many. We got to focus on the many <laughs> because there are people who really do want better and we got to help them. Now, in addition to a strategy to figure out what we need to do to help those individuals, let's put some limits on what people from the outside can come and do. Meaning if I see that it's three companies buying up all 400 homes, <sighs> I got to have some kind of system in place so that it, it Milwaukee folk are not just being run out of town. You know, when you have that kind of inequity, the, the risk you run is the people who control all that land and property control the purse strings. That's a lot of power. Where, where are your people? What are your people going to be left with? And part of that, you all, is because the city has been in financial straits for a minute. You know, simply put, Milwaukee broke. You all, Milwaukee is broke. Um, the bond rating here has been downgraded. You used your opera dollars to pay bills and pay the pension money that was out of whack. Um so I don't want y'all to get it twisted and thinking that the that you know is is roses and sunshine on the opposite side of this stuff. It ain't. So you got to start making some tough decisions, and some of the easy decisions is to sell four hundred homes to the people who got the money, which happens to be none of the people from Milwaukee. So you got to figure out how you want to deal with that, or nothing changes. These are the kinds of things that when you start going to the polls and voting for folks, you need to start asking, what are you going to do about this stuff? If we broke, what's your opportunities? Al, line number one. What you got for me, Al? 
Well, I live in 53206 for many years, and I noticed there's a lot of slumlords. There's a lot yep. of houses that should be there's a lot of houses that should be condemned. Yep. There's a lot of rental properties that have no windows in the attic. But it seems like every time you mention it to a building inspector, all of a sudden everybody got eyes like Ray Charles. <laughs> but if a property owner but if a property owner sets a couch outside they on him like, you know, stank on sugar, honey, iced tea. And what I find to be is how is how is this allowed? And then the only thing I see changing in the neighborhood, the only thing I see changing in the neighborhood is drugs and more white prostitutes popping up in this five three two zero six. But when you call these public officials, don't nobody got nothing to say. But we do have beautiful homes over there and homeowners that try mm-hmm. to keep it up. But when it comes to these slumlords, it seems like everybody get, got diplomatic immunity. So my question is, is, how do you feel about that? But we're always trying to rename other streets. But when it comes to this district, don't every, can't nobody say nothing. Like, it's a gag order. Like, lack. So I'm going to hang up and listen to your reply. Now, Al, I, I think you, you, you make a strong case for the containment zone theory. If I heard you correctly... When certain people, when building inspectors is in call, certain stuff happen for certain people, certain stuff don't happen. Uh, when you complain for, about the property owners, the residents, nothing happened. But when the residents complain, don't nothing happen. When you talk about you seeing more crime, the article said, hey, when you talk about the crime, all they doing is containing the crime. They ain't stopping it. So all I'm saying, Al, is if if I were to listen to you, you you sound like what you are experiencing is the containment zone theory. <laughs> so, you know, how I feel about it is I think you got to have a strategy, man. And, and let me speak very clearly, Al, because I think you're hitting on something. And, and I'm not throwing out any accusations. I don't know. I do find it ironic, though, that you have an office of violence prevention and I don't know what the young lady did, whether she was guilty, innocent, what have you. I do know she made, a, I thought, a fair statement saying it's not only her job to stop violence. Um, you got a police force and that department, I think, is sitting on 16 million dollars. And if I'm correct, I don't know what it's being used for, but. You know, can you really just blame this young lady and say, well, the stuff you're doing not working? It's it's a bunch of stuff. So we're going to have more of that conversation on the other side. This is the truth in the afternoon with Dr. K, Dr. Ken Harris on the new one on one seven. The truth. We'll be right back. This is the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on one oh one seven. The truth, the truth app and one oh one seven. The truth dot com. Welcome back. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth. Live from the American Family Insurance Studio at Radio City, I am Jason Fields filling in for Dr. Ken, who is on assignment. And we have been discussing the whole fixer upper 
predicament. The fact that Axe Housing, which is a great concept, is great. I hope uh, more people learn about that stuff. The 11, a potential $11 million fund, there's $3 million now, $11 million fund to curb outside investors from coming and snatching up all the property and Axe Housing really working with people in the city, people in the community, people of color, uh, indigenous people to build those houses Again, one of the prerequisites, you have to live in that house for five years. I think that's a great strategy, one thing to curb on. And in addition to that, Al called and was talking about, I think, a certain side of there was a lawsuit, uh, a federal lawsuit. I don't know if it was dismissed, but um, some individuals brought a suit against the county and the city saying they are indiscriminately creating containment zones. Um, Again, I think there's a flip side of that. The containment zones being in neighborhoods of poverty, crime is not being addressed. Rather, it is being contained. Building inspections are not being done. Um, and so the area is not getting better. On the flip side of that, you got people with money who want to come and invest in these properties. And I think Alderman Ballman has a point when he says, so we, we can't just kick all the poor people out and start having wealthy people move in. I mean, we've we seen that movie. Kathy, what do you got on fixer uppers? Oh, my great friend. Um, I went to a meeting with that. They had, but they didn't go real clear on it. The news had people come down here. What they're doing is that they can keep them for five years before they can sell them. This is the same program before they can sell them. They can rent them to people. I don't believe in certain areas. Everything's going to be gentrified. It's not going to happen like that. Or white folks going to come back up in here. But mm-hmm. they're going to rent them at a higher price. You're not going to get a $700 or $500 house. And most homes are running about $900. I'm, t- I'm not talking about my zip code. My zip code is a little higher than that. You can pay $1,300, $1,700 for one bedroom and no utilities included. Including you got to pay for water. If you want to come on t- to a certain part of the east side, 582 but the whole deal is that that's what they're doing. It's in these contractors, developers who don't live in the city. They live in Wisconsin, but not in the city. This is first out, not the Illinois part of buying a lot of homes, because Illinois is buying homes in Chicago and Michigan, too. But the thing is that they're saying these developers can bring these lands, these properties up to par. Well, we're going to have to get a loan or take a long time to fix them up. Mm-hmm. That's fine and dandy. But if you check somebody's credit, give them an opportunity to get them homes for $100, what they have to do, they can't buy one. They got to buy a certain amount of homes on to get that, but they have the means to fix them up. But what price price are they going to fix them at, at, at market price? And you know what market price is, right? Yeah. Okay, that's quite a bit high. Yeah, if they're going to be Section 8, they're going to be 42 housing. We're not going to get into all that either, but there are some black people finding about 42 Section 42 housing. So they, I hope they hear this and they can look it up themselves. But the, I, I just think that the, the, the city is a little bit unfair that they ought to give some people a chance. If you got some credit, I'm not to my no fantastic credit, but if you got some credit and you don't have a lot of stuff outstanding that you can make that payment on that house, we all got to live somewhere. Don't give it to all these developers who ain't paid no taxes in this town. They may start paying them because they're buying these properties up. But the thing is, it gives the, gives the regular people who lived here all their life a chance to buy some of them homes up, even if it's an investment. Don't put restrictions on it. I want to buy something. They would probably put a restriction on a house where I can't buy that house, where I can't I can't do this. It got to be a it gotta, matter of fact, a four unit can still be a residential loan. It's not okay. It's not a commercial home. Okay. So they're not, they're saying one family or a duplex. Give someone a duplex so they can have an earning income and make some money off it and rent it out and be an investor themselves. 
because if you evict me out of a house and say a sheriff move, I have to go. Let that tenant stay in that house and pay the difference in the rent. The rent's going to cover and, and, and that, that mortgage anyway. Work with the REOs, which is the banks or the city. But I don't work with the REOs because the city and their housing in the inner city, and you look at foreclosures. It's in a multitude of work. They won't even turn the power and electric on. You can't even get it on to re-energy unless you get so much work done. What are you going to do? You're going to bring a generator in? But you look on the south side, west Dallas, Greenfield, uh, Greendale for foreclosures. There's not the same restrictions, and they don't say, oh, we need a master's of $50,000 worth of work. Why am I going to buy a place for 10000 put fifty in it? I'm going to go get me a house for that amount of money where it's already fixed up. I've been looking at foreclosures and REOs and all that, just kind of checking them out. Okay, mm-hmm. and seeing what they got, but the city is kind of being unfair to people and letting people have some of these houses. Okay, if I got a marginal credit, which means I don't have anything outstanding, I have a four hundred dollar car note because I'm not going to give you a loan for that anyway. If you ain't got no money and you paying four hundred dollars for a car, but you ain't got no home yet and no big income. But if some person ain't got this a marginal credit, but they don't have a bunch of outstanding stuff, work with the people and try to give them a home like Act Housing is doing. So I got to applaud them. They're trying to keep them houses uh, at a moderate level. Ninety is a lot of money. Yeah. I'm looking for homes. I look all, you know, that's a lot of money. But I look all the time with the interest rate now. That house going to cost a lot. Now my niece just got a house before the rate went up. She don't make a lot of money. She went to college because you know, you know what? She got a nice mortgage. It's under a thousand dollars. I bought a four unit was like sixty thousand about fifteen twenty about twenty five years ago. You know what it's worth now, right? Yeah. Okay. It's an it's an inner city. Oh, I don't like the word inner city. It's in a lower income area, but it has went up. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. But my thing is that make them homes affordable so everybody can fix them, fix them up, and give them some fix them up money. The city's got some loan money. Um, they pay them. They can pay it back that way. If they buy the house for a hundred dollars, like these contractors, or two thousand or five thousand. They can fix those homes up, and you give them so much money to fix up. Give them a list of electricians and plumbers, you know, like that, who they can work with. Oh, come up with some kind of plan. I don't have the whole plan. All I'm saying is that I feel it's unfair that they're going to give it to all these white contractors, and they're going to how much to jack up the rent. And after so many years, you can buy the house yourself, or they can sell it to you. How much are they going to sell it to me for? Nine hundred thousand. Kathy, you are right. Thank you for calling in, giving us that commentary. I, uh, I, you know, Kathy touches on a lot of great points, man. And so, um, you know, I, I think, it, again, when you talk about these kinds of plans, you really got to make sure you're designing this stuff right. Because, yeah, $90,000 is a lot of money. And so it depends on who you who are you targeting. So you really got to start looking at some of this stuff. You've heard me say this before, and I'm going to say it again. And even Dr. Ken said it. Where was the plan? <laughs> you all, um, in my job, the mayor called me. We sat down, the mayor uh, in Madison. She said, Jason, we need a plan. Um, I got a call from the federal government. They said, Jason, we, we want you to help do a comprehensive economic development strategy, a plan. You all, all I'm saying is at some point, when you start looking at all this stuff, when you put to, when you put it together, you'll understand that yes, ninety thousand dollars is a lot of money. Well, who are we targeting, right? And yes, we we can find people who can b- buy and invest, and at the same time, we don't have to just be unfair or kick people out. But you got to be willing to do the work, man, and bring people of different places to help get to those solutions. That's one of the reasons why you consistently see us not getting to those solutions. We don't bring the right people and group of people to help solve these problems. 
You know, the community don't they don't always have to be experts, but they do need to have some kind of this is how this would affect us. This is what we would feel. They do have to be a part of the solution, you all. And so, again, I want to thank you all. Had a great time being here again, DZ. Uh, great show. Thank you, brother, for, for just being on the board for me, like, like always. You all, this is The Truth in the Afternoon. Dr. Ken Harris, who's new on the new 101.7 The Truth. I'm Jason Fields, your fill-in host. I'll see you in a couple of days.